0: Thank you, Father. He is Lord, and His good and His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, let's jump right into it without uh, a whole lot of extras today. I've got thank the Lord. I do have a pretty good bit of time here, so we're going we're gonna to do good. I want to just start today with three scriptures, if I can, and uh, just kind of help us get on the same um. The same common, they all have the same common subject, so we can kind of get on the same uh, wave and in our minds of thinking as to what we're going to be talking about today. So the first scripture, let's look at is it. Colossians chapter 4 and, uh, and verse 2. And uh, here the Apostle Paul's talking and he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. Continue Steadfastly in what? Prayer. All right, good. Some of you are reading. All right, continue steadfastly, steadfastly um, devoted to prayer, diligence, and you are giving your attention to it. This is something that Paul is encouraging the church. Give yourself to it. And the the word prayer there has to do, of course, obviously, when you talk about prayer, we are talking to God. We are fellowshipping with God, community with God. But this word has one other context to it. It has to do with the the place of prayer, going to your place of prayer. So frequenting your place of prayer, talking to God. It's important because every word in the New Testament, every word in the Bible is important. And many times as you dig them a little bit, you'll find uh, aspects of what God is teaching us that we may be missed just in reading it in, in just plain English. But okay, so we're talking about our talking to God and continuing that, going to the place of prayer. Your place of prayer may be the car, maybe your you know, your uh, closet at home, it may be the, the church, it may be uh, wherever. But that's the admonition. Then in Luke chapter 18 and in verse 1, uh, Jesus is about to speak a parable to them and he goes ahead and tells us what the parable is going to be about before he ever gives it. And he says the, the parable is about that men ought always to pray and not lose heart we ought to be always to pray and not not get discouraged not get tired i mean you know that sometimes as you pray particularly if you're praying prayers a petition everything doesn't happen just snap snap clip clip oh what a relief it is you know what i'm saying sometimes we so don't give up he's encouraging us don't get discouraged don't quit continue in prayer and uh, interestingly this word's from the same family Greek uh, of uh, the family of words in the Greek but it has just a little bit different push and it has to do not only with just talking to God but it includes the, the word there worship worshiping God continue he says uh, men ought always to pray talk to God worship the Lord and it also has the context of bringing us into Offering with humility our petitions to the Lord, okay? So we've got several things we can already learn from prayer just by these two simple scriptures. My last scripture uh, I want to talk to you about is in Ephesians 6 and in verse 18. And here the Apostle Paul is, is sharing with the church, and he says, "...praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit." being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying, and actually that word is a, is one of the same word that's used in Luke 18 there. Speaking to God, worshiping God, presenting your petitions to the Lord. Praying always, always, you know, from that position of prayer, from the, every opportunity to pray. And even that word, that word always, I loved this, and I didn't know it until I was just studying it yesterday. It has to do with praying as a person individually and corporately. Praise the Lord. So that's beautiful. And it says we don't find a lot of talk, things that talk about our corporate prayer. But it's saying praying uh, individually, corporately, always, amen, with all prayer, all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit. And remember that phrase because we'll be dealing with that today. For several weeks, as the pastor said, uh, Pastor Scott and Mel have been talking to us on the subject of prayer and uh, the praying church. Amen. And um, how many of you have been blessed by it? Anybody in here? Did you learn anything so far? The uh, message has been good. Defining prayer. You know, should we pray? How do we pray? Et cetera, et cetera. Praying without ceasing. That was a, that was a powerful lesson, wasn't it? And then Mel uh, uh, preached to us last week about this persistent prayer. But this morning... Pastor Son asked me to pray, or to, or to preach, or to share on praying in the Spirit. Amen. And I want to do that. I want to do it, though, under the, under the kind of the heading, um, the umbrella of, of this, how to pray powerful prayers. Is that okay? Let's talk about how, how to pray powerful prayers powerful prayers amen um, and by the way let me just I wanted to bring this out here with you there's a there's a book and it was written back I think in the 70s 80s somewhere in there it's by Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. and uh, if you just want to add a little book to your prayer library about praying it's one of the it's an—it's just an easy book. It's small. It's a paperback. It'll take you a little while to leave it. it's simple, just to the point. Great testimonies in it. It's called "Praying" or it's called "Prevailing Prayer to Peace" by Kenneth E. Hagin. And all you have to do—I did it this morning. You just Google, put in the title "Praying uh, a Prevailing Prayer to Peace." You don't even have to put his name. And there was a bunch of websites that came up. So, uh, that's just a book that I would like to throw out there that maybe, maybe you'd like to look at. Um, some of you who have walked in the Lord for a while uh, know of Brother Hagan's ministry. Some of you probably maybe never even heard of him. I was talking one day and I was giving an example. Now, Brother Hagan taught us this, and they said, Who's Brother Hagan? So, you know everybody doesn't know brother hagen he's gone on been been with the lord for a while but anyway i want to talk to it under this umbrella of praying powerful prayers when you talk about the subject of of prayer you know prayer is just one of the most common words in the uh, in our english language having to do with religion i mean every every religion in some way you know has this thing called prayer the Muslims pray. You know, the the Hindus pray. The Buddhists pray. The Christians pray. The Jewish faith prays. Catholics pray. Protestants pray. Reformed pray. You know, Evangelicals hopefully pray. Amen. Charismatics pray. Full Gospels pray. The prayers. You know, it's 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 a very, uh, very inclusive word. Even the even Satan worships. Worshippers pray, right? So my point is that prayer in itself is not unique just to the Christian Christian faith. It's uh, it's just across the board. However, however, on the other hand, prayer that, prayers that directly cause natural things and spiritual things to change. Now that is unique. You know what I'm saying? Prayers that prayers that can bring about miraculous results. That's unique. Prayers that can bring about a solution to a dire need and that is unique that's awesome that's mighty and as as leaders and this is why uh pastor scott and um and melissa you know took the time to do a series on prayer as as we always want to encourage and to and to promote to try to press people toward you know praying but more specifically more specifically because prayer is so general more specifically we we want to press people how to know better to pray powerful prayers as christians how do you pray powerful prayers you know the bible says in in james chapter uh chapter five i think it is that that um the prayers of a righteous man Avails much, King James says. The, the uh, Amplified Bible says that it, that it causes, makes great power available. It releases great power. So there is a kind of prayer that releases great power. But how do you know that all prayers, even with Christians, are not effective? Some praying may be real holy. It may be real noble, but it's totally ineffective. I don't want to disappoint you, but that's the truth. It's just not effective, you know. You're you're praying, you're going through the motions, but it's not effective. Some prayers are very therapeutic. They're very therapeutic, but they don't do anything to help the person build a relationship with God or or see some kind of a, a supernatural manifestation in that there is an answer to it. You know what I'm saying? Therapeutic. I'll tell you, for example, you can go to your friend sometimes. You can be so low, and you go to your friend, and you sit down to your friend, and you dump everything you got on them. I mean, you just dump everything. You do. When you get through and you walk away, you feel so good. But your friend, I don't know, you know, they may not feel so good. You feel good. You've got it off your chest, but nothing changed. It was good therapy. You know, and it lasts for a while. Then tomorrow, you have to. <laughs> anyway, we'll go on from there. Prayers can be that. Prayer. Some prayers can nothing be more than that, just an exercise in works. You know, we get into this thing of works. Work. It can be just works. I got to pray. I mean, Bible says to pray. Pastor said to pray. Sunday school teacher said to pray. I got to pray. I pray so long. I pray so many hours. I pray every day. I do it, da-da-da-da-da, and I pray just this way, and I recite just this prayer and do it, and I get in this. It is just, hey, it just becomes works. Now, that's not powerful prayers. Would you agree with me? That's not powerful prayer. Powerful praying is not just, you know, I got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. Now, discipline, prayer discipline is good. That's a good thing. It's a spiritual discipline. But what we, what we don't want to do is to get into prayers that are ineffective. My desire, my desire when I, when I go to prayer is to pray powerful prayers. How about you? I want to pray powerful. I want to have something happen. Amen. And when we learn what the Bible uh, actually teaches on the subject of prayer, then there's going to be some things happen. First of all, the stronger your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is going to become. Because that's one of the ways, one of the primary ways that we grow in our relationship with God is through this aspect of prayer. Another thing is, is that you're going to begin to have a touch, the touch of the super on your natural life. Amen. Amen. You're going to begin to have it in a different way, over and above, not just, not just living naturally. I am convinced, I am just die hard in the wool that we are not just men and women after we come to Christ. We are supernatural people. Hallelujah. And the supernatural power of God ought to be living through us. Caring for us, taking us to where He wants us to go, and and uh, being able to have a supernatural life. I'm not saying everything's normal and nice, and you know. But I'm just saying that. You say, well, okay. How do we how do we how do we pursue pursue this place of prayer to where, you know, we're, we're constantly praying powerful prayers. And um, I'm certainly not, you know, I don't pretend to know everything on the subject of prayer. Uh, but I have, I've learned this about any subject you find the Bible you, you don't start knowing everything, you start with the basics right. could I have a, is that too elementary, you start with the basics, you just you develop a basics, when I came to the Lord and I really submitted my life in my mid-twenties to the Lord I, I didn't know anything about prayer, I'd been in church all my life most all my life, but I didn't know anything about prayer, but I heard my pastor keep saying, you know you need to pray. You need to pray. Pray, read your Bible, go to church. That was the three things. Pray, read your Bible, go, okay, pray. So, and, but I didn't know anything about it, so I, started, I just tried to learn to pray. I just tried to start learning. About the only prayer that I knew was how to say uh, the blessing at the table, you know. And that was just because I'd heard somebody say it over a thousand, you know, thousands of times over my life growing up. Sadly to say... Later on in my studies, I realized that I didn't even have that right. So (laughs) anyway, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, I didn't know how to pray. So I set myself, I set myself to pursue the subject of prayer. And I would go to the prayer meetings. I'd go to the prayer meetings and I didn't know how to pray. So I'd do whatever I was gonna do. And then I'd just watch, I'd watch people. And I watched my pastors. I'd watch them as they prayed and see well. Well, what do they do? Then I'll do what they did. You know what I'm saying? You learn. You watch people. A lot of times you can you can you can observe. You can learn more from observing than you can other ways. You know, so I just watch. But I begin to and then and then uh, the Lord began to help me to see some basics, and they're very important. They may sound elementary to you if you've been serving the Lord a long time. Maybe they're elementary to you, but if you uh, if you haven't they're very important and even if you've been serving the Lord a long time you have to be reminded sometimes somebody asked me this morning or said something about you know a good time in the, the Lord or looking forward to what we're going to share and I said well I'm either going to be sowing some new seeds or I'm going to be watering some old seeds amen so if I'm just watering your seed today that's okay if I'm sowing some new things or some new revelation in your life that's okay too so let me just give you a few things first of all here's some things of just the basics of prayer and I have Forgotten. We're going to get to praying in the spirit, okay? But just beginning here. Just pray. I, I, I learned, I learned, I learned that prayer. You just keep prayer simple. Prayer, prayer, just comes. You know, just make it real, simple. Make prayer needs to be just genuine, just to come up out of your own heart. You can't necessarily pray always like somebody else. The these and the thous and the verily's and the comest thou and the whatever's. But to just, you know, just it has to be coming up out of your out of your own heart i can remember when i first you know i'm talking years ago i mean i've been walking with the lord 48 49 50 years but i can just i felt stupid i really did i started trying to pray and i, I felt stupid i said you know i'm here i'm praying out loud to somebody i don't see and uh, but I, and then i felt i really felt intimidated praying to God, I mean, me, who, of all people, praying to, to God, God, to of the universe, etc., etc., et cetera, et cetera. omnipresent, omnipresent, all-powerful, I'm going to pray to God. What right do I have to pray to God? You know, you just kind of feel natural, natural things. But I began to realize, you know what, this is just an opportunity, opportunity just to talk to God. That's all it is. It's an opportunity to communicate, just as been to talk to the Lord. Amen. And in the beginning, that was pretty short. Because I didn't have much to say. I could pray all I knew in about three minutes and I'd be through, you know? Amen. So, you know, i pray and hey, that was about it. That's all I could think of. Um, thank you, Lord. Uh, you are good. Uh, help me. Uh, you know, make Monica nice. <laughs> Give me a raise. <laughs> you do it very much. But it was my opportunity to talk to them. It's the beginning stage. And then I realized, you know what, it's God's opportunity to talk back to me. And this was an awakening because I kept hearing in church, you know, well, God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you. Well, uh, I'd say, okay, God talked to me and he didn't say anything. I mean, how many of you know God don't usually just say, well, hello, Albert, how are you today? I hope your day's going well. I'm going to put my hand on you today. You're going to go here and there and you're going to preach and you're going to do this. God don't do that. He just is kind of quiet sometimes. So it's another thing that to learn and learned that sometimes one of the most powerful times of prayer is just to, just to be quiet, just to be quiet, just, just to listen. And, and, uh, and I found out that if you would just kind of uh, shut down and, and just listen a little bit and, and before long uh, things would begin to come up. And it didn't just come out of your head. It began to come up out of here. It was, it was made known to your head maybe. And you begin to, you know, hey, it began to be real. And, and when you did say something to the Lord, uh, this was the thing that would astonish me. That when I did say something to the Lord, that it wouldn't be necessarily words that I would have said to the Lord. And I'd kind of be surprised. Well, I never, why would I? I didn't know how to say that to the Lord. I would say it in a different way. And I realized what is happening that I'm letting myself get connected to and joining myself to the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, who was beginning to illuminate my spirit and beginning to pray things that were beyond just my ability of two minutes of prayer, and I was through. You know what I'm saying? Anybody here? So I'm just saying, okay, that's just a basic. Just keep it real and just keep it genuine and keep it to the, you know, praise the Lord, and keep it respectful. Oh, help me, help me, Lord. Keep it respectful. When you come to God, don't, don't treat him like Joe Blow down the street. God, you know, well, I don't want to be formal to the Lord. No, but he's, he's God. He's God. He's the one who's created us. He's the one who loves us. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He cares about you. Treat him oh, with respect. How do you know what to do? How do, how do you treat somebody with respect? You all know that. Nobody has to teach you how to treat somebody with respect. Treat God with respect. Oh, don't look. I've got too much to share to get off on other subjects. There's another thing that I learned was that when I come to prayer, always, always keep my focus on God. Keep my focus on the Lord. Because how many of you know it's real easy to, to come to prayer and your focus is on everything else? You, you have to consciously do this. Keep your focus on the Lord. I think Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus taught his disciples to pray, has been one of the scriptures that has probably shaped uh, my prayer life our helped shape my prayer life more than any other scripture in the Bible. But the disciples asked the Lord, so how do you, how do you pray? How do, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. He says, OK, do it like this. Now watch what he said. Here's the way you start your prayer. My Father, my Father in heaven, Father which art in heaven. You start it with your focus on God. You started with your focus on the Father. And, and uh, he's the creator. He's the one who loves you. This is the one we want to pray to. I don't want to just pray about stuff. Uh, I'm going to pray to. Keep my focus on it. My Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. Holy. That's in worshiping. Father, I just worship. Holy, sacred, wonderful, glorious, magnificent, amazing is your name. Everything, everything that is, you know, that I could ever need. Everything. I found out as I began to pray, you know, understand, I'm I'm praying, and all of a sudden, before long, instead of a two-minute prayer, you're over there 15, 20 minutes, and you haven't even got started yet. Thank you, Bob. Praise the Lord. It encourages me. I'm gonna go back over on that side a lot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, Father in heaven, hallowed, glorious be thy name. Kingdom come, kingdom of God come. See, it's not a, a, a formula, but this is teaching us, teaching us the principles of prayer. Will of God be done. Oh God, let your will be done in my life. Lord, keep me from doing stupid stuff. Lord help me let your will be done. I just want to walk in your will. Let the will of God be done over, over Monica and over, over Scott and the, you know and then and now over the grandkids. And oh Lord, we just pray the will of the Lord. Pray the Lord. It's way on down before, way on down to that prayer before we ever get to my stuff. Keeping it focused. Keeping it focused on the Lord, hallelujah and, and powerful prayer comes out of that focusing on the majesty of God who is all loving, who is almighty who is, who is always more than enough amen he, he's, he's, he's always you know, praise God the answer to everything you, you need hallelujah and he adopted me Woo, hallelujah he adopted me, I'm his kid I'm his child Let me go on here. Here's another basic that I learned, what's approached prayer from the position of faith. Approach your prayers from the position of faith. Do you know what I'm talking about? Trusting God. And when I'm going to go to God, I'm going to approach the Lord from a position of victory because I know my victory is in him. I'm I'm approaching it as a conqueror because the word of God says that I'm more than a conqueror through him. I'm not approaching God from the standpoint of a victim nor a loser. I am not a loser. I am not a victor. I am a, according to God's word, I am a victor. Glory to God. I'm not a victim. Glory to God. So I'm approaching him. I'm approaching him from this position of faith. You say, but Pastor, man, I'm broke up, I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm discouraged, I'm, 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 I'm facing a giant. I know that sometimes we feel like, you know, that therapeutic prayer that if I could just go to God and I could just dump everything, you know, and just tell him everything that I'm going to somehow maybe, he's got to feel sorry for me, you know, sympathy, compassion, whatever, you know, and, and uh, maybe I can, he'll come and whatever. And so I just I dump all my problems and my fears and my tears and my complaints and my worries and my doubts and my bad confessions and my blaming, la la la. And and, whew, wow. And you know sometimes we do that, and God is so good. He'll just He'll just be there. He'll just listen. You know what I'm saying? And maybe you feel better, like you did the therapy when you went to your friend. Maybe you feel better. You walk away. Amen, maybe, but at some point in time, at some point in time that we've got to reverse something. At some point in time, we've got to come back and come to him in the position of faith. Amen. In the position of faith. What did Job do? He spent a whole, ch- a whole book, you know, talking about everything so bad. He was fearful and bad, and everybody was, you know, you're this and you're that. And then he began to blame God and blame everybody else. But finally, in the end, in the end, if you read the whole book, in the end, he began to shift. And he moved back into the position of faith. And when he moved back into the position of faith and believing God and praying for his friends... God did a miracle, and it restored everything to him at some point in time. So when, what I decided to try to do, to the best that I can, I'm not saying I'm perfect yet, but to the best that I can, I just want to skip, I want to skip the, the you know the how I am part, what I feel part, and, the, and the, I want to kind of skip that, and I just want to go ahead and start from the position of faith. hallelujah. Because I know that is what is faith in God. It's, it's trusting in the Lord. It's putting His word out there and in believing it's going to come to pass. It's really going to change my situation. Can I have an amen in here this morning? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, starting from a position of faith, the disciples asked the Lord, "said Well, Lord, you know, how do we do miracles? What, what's going on? What, how do we do a miracle?" in, in uh, Matthew in Mark chapter 4. He said, well, here's the way you do it. You have faith in God. Then he talked about what you say. He said, whosoever will say to his mountain, mountain be moved, be cast into the sea, and not doubt what he says, what he says, but believe what he says will come to pass. He shall have. He's going to have it. Come on now. What things soever you desire when you pray, just believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, Pastor, can I come and ball to God? Sure, you can. God will listen to you. But at some point, you're going to have to turn to the position of faith in God for it to change. Yes, no, yeah, amen. Y'all looking at me like, where is he coming from? I am in great, uh, main generation's church. Yeah, I am. amen. Here's another one. I got to hurry because I want to get to this other part. But the powerful prayers, particularly if you're talking about if you're talking about petitioning prayers, or you're talking about you know uh, intercession, um, I think they had to be backed with scripture. Back them with scripture. Back them with scripture. In other words, what is what is written? Base base the prayer on what God has said. Base it on the word, base base it on God's promise. Pray God's promise, pray God's principle, pray God's will. Uh, Powerful prayers. They pray, they say, they they confess the same thing that the word says. Because the word, God can't lie and and he and his word are one. So the word can't can't lie. Amen. So what do we do? We just base it on the word. I'm going to throw this in. I think one of the wisest things that a person could also do in their praying and their petitioning, even if they're, and they're basing it on the word, but one of the wisest things you can do is, is, is go to the Lord. I say it with a stipulation. Is that okay? A stipulation. The stipulation is this, Lord, if I'm praying for something or asking for something that's not good for me, it's uh, not good for my family, if it's not good for, no matter what it is, no matter what I'm asking you for, no matter whatever, what I'm desiring, no matter what it is, Lord, if it's not in your will, then I, I, just, I, I just preface all my prayers with this, your will be done and not by it, Amen. your will. So if it's, if it's you having to say no, 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 no. no, no that's, that's not good for you, and that's just okay. That's what, and, I'll be, and I'll be happy with it, I'll be satisfied with it, and we'll just move on from there. Can I have an amen? You think that's good? Now, I can't take you to a verse of scripture, but I found that it's true, and I found that it saved me a lot of trouble, too, you know, because we don't all know everything we're supposed to pray the way that's supposed to pray it. Praise the Lord. The last, well, this is not the last one, but the, this little part of, is, I found that you get powerful prayers when you keep your motives pure. Keep your motives pure. Let your heart pure. You know, selfish prayers, self-centered prayers, me, me, me prayers, greedy prayers, envious, jealous hearts, they they usually don't produce very powerful prayers. Amen? No. Even the prayer in in Matthew 6 um, is a prayer that begins and and ends with praise to the Lord. It's just not all about me, 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 me. It's quite a while down into that prayer before he ever gets to give me this day of my daily bread. Are you with me? It's a while down there. So, you know, keep your heart pure. And and keep your heart as much as you can to imitate God. You know, God's a distributor of love. He's, he's always trying to reach out and he's trying to help. And his prayers and, and his, his actions and his believing is, is for his, his kids. And we should be that same way. It's not just me and mine and, you know, build me up and make me rich and, and, and so I can fly all over the world. Those are all good, God's gonna bless you. I know that, but, but keep them, let's keep them, let's keep it pure. Can I have an amen? amen praise the lord have i been too simple for you already this morning are you just you know hey maybe i'm as i say i'm just just encouraging us here so where what all have we got here first of all what did we say we got let's keep it simple keep it personal keep it real keep it focused on god not on how big your problems are and then let's go into prayer in the position of faith and then pray the word. Pray the word over your problems, over your situation, over the things that you're petitioning. And then what? Let's keep our hearts pure. Now, let's go to this this next thing. And uh, that, is, that is this praying. When we pray, let's learn to pray in the Spirit. Learn to pray in the Spirit. And let me preface uh, what I'm going to be saying over these next few minutes about praying in the Spirit with this. And that is that that we're not changing subjects here. We're not changing subjects. We're steering the subject of praying powerful prayers, how to pray powerful prayers. And and we're going to something that's totally different because every point that I've made to you is something that, that it's necessary. It brings us into this point and into this place. It begins to position us as we approach prayer in the spirit amen all of it's necessary amen praise the lord when i give you an example when the apostle paul was was teaching the church at ephesus we read the scripture a while ago uh about about you know praying and about about how to come against the devil and how to win over the wiles of the of the devil he said you know he starts up be strong the lord the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be then he goes down into verse verse 18 which we read and in that verse he said look praying always praying always what is it all kinds or manner of prayer there's there's many kinds of consecration, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, repentance, uh, prayers of agreements, prayers for uh, particular petition, prayers, prayer, there's all kinds of intercession, all kinds of prayer. But he said in all manner or all kinds of praying and supplication, pray it in the spirit, pray it in the Spirit, Amen. So He's not giving them some super duper separate kind of prayer, you know. That's you know, da da da. No, He's just telling them, look, He's He's just telling them, when you pray, when you pray, pray like this. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit, Amen. Pray in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So we can conclude from that that all of our praying and all kinds. Amen. the The object is for us to begin to pray in the Spirit, pray in the in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Powerful prayers are prayers in the Spirit. Now, say, so well, in the Spirit, what does that mean? So let's look at that in the Spirit. And I'm going to get a little elementary here. Okay, so stay with me. You're grown ups, but stay with me. Take the little phrase in the Spirit to pray in the spirit oh take that word in you know what's it mean it means you're you're moving into you're going into you're you're taking up another place you know it describes a place that in a connection and a position where you were not but now you're going into If you look in your dictionary, it simply means from moving from outside to a point inside. So praying in, I'm going into a place. I'll give you an example. If I were to say to you, wow, I'm in debt. Now you, I was, at one time I wasn't in debt, but now I'm in debt. I've gone into a place. It's not a good place. I've gone in in to debt and I want to get out of debt (laughs) you know what I'm saying so you understand though or or you can say I've I've fallen in love I wasn't I wasn't in love but now I'm I'm coming in I'm in love which generally means for adults that their brain has turned to mush and they don't know what they're thinking but anyway that's a whole nother subject (laughs) In love is wonderful. Praise the Lord. You know, because you just look over everything. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you live in La La Land. Hallelujah. So we're going into, so it's into a place. And where are we going to, though? Into the Spirit. So where are we? We are to, uh, we're specifying a place that we are to be and a person that we are to be joined to. Okay in the spirit. Now it's not the prayers not the only thing in the bible that uh, that the word tells us that we're to you know, we're, in fact uh, there's several scriptures in in Colossians 1 and 8 it says we're to love in the spirit. Love in the spirit. And you know that that's hey think about it that's really the only way you can love like God loves. Love everybody regardless of what or who or where they come from or what they did to you. Love in the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord. So we can do that. Philippians 3.3 3 says that we worship in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we read that where we pray in the Spirit in First Timothy 3.16, the Bible says that Jesus was justified in the Spirit. Amen. So let me say it again. When the Bible talks to us, to do something in the Spirit, it's just simply saying this. It's, it's specifying a place that we are to be and a person that we are to be joined to. Amen? Can we see that? Is that simple enough? Amen. So, where's the place we are to be and what person are to be joined to? Somebody tell me. In the Spirit, in? The Spirit. In the Spirit right? Praise the Lord. Now, Now, here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway, and this ought to put a smile on your face. It may not make you shout, but it ought to put a smile on your face. The takeaway is this, that we as believers have been given a divine, indwelling partner, a divine, indwelling partner who is God, the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord, who is, he specializes in, he, he, he excels in providing passage for us from this world of the natural over into the world of the spirit. He's the only way you can get there. Amen. And he's been given to you. Isn't that beautiful? Well, at least put a smile on some of your faces. Hallelujah. He's there. We've been given this holy and he is, he, is, he excels in, in helping us pass from the world of the natural over into the world of the spirit. Let's take it a little bit further. There's only two, there's only two positions that we can approach prayer. Two positions. Number one is we approach prayer out of our intellect. We can approach prayer out of our mind, our natural, our flesh. We approach prayer out of our, you know, our, our soul, our emotions. We just approach prayer that way. Now, if we approach prayer always this way, You know, and our words, we're just speaking them out of the the instruction of our mind. We're speaking out of our intellect. We're just speaking out of our reasoning. How many of you know your mind's not perfected? How many of you know that if this is my approach to prayer, my mind can be argumentative. (laughs) My mind is always seeking to reason. You know, I want to reason through something. I reason. I give. I want to know why. You know, my mind wants to do that. My uh, my my mind is filled with doubts. I think one way to right now, and then in, you know, ten minutes, you say something to me, I might think a different way. In fact, my mind is so squirrely that sometimes it gets in arguments with itself. You know what I'm talking about. So what we're doing, we're talking about if we approach prayer this way out of our, then we're approaching it out of the mental realm. The only other way that we see from scripture is given to us approach prayer is to approach, approach prayer in the spirit, in the spirit. So either you want to do it in your mind or you do it in the spirit. And I want to say again, specifying when we say in the spirit, a place that we're to be and a person that we're to be joined, joined to praise the Lord. So this indicates to us that there is a, there is a connection between you and prayer and the Holy Ghost or you and prayer and you. So I want the Holy Ghost. How about you? (laughs) Amen. Are you understanding this? I know it's simple, but it's important because we want to pray powerful prayers, and I'm tired of myself and and others. You know, we just pray and pray and pray, and nothing happens. And that's not the way it ought to be. Hello? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, what is this? Praying in the Spirit. Pastor, what is is this? Praying in the Spirit is where we just... Here's our approach to prayer. We just open up ourselves... And uh, we just invite the Holy Spirit to begin to guide our words or the lack of words. We, we just, we're just opening up ourselves to the Holy Spirit who is our leader. He's the bridge. He gives passage from the natural to the Spirit. And we just open up ourselves to His thoughts, uh, to, his, to His leadings, to whatever. We're just submitting ourselves now consciously to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Now listen, there's a lot of believers, and I'm not saying this in a condemning way, but there's many, many believers, millions. Millions of believers. That if they would be, if they would truly look look at their prayer life and, and be honest with themselves, they'd have to say that most of their prayer is out of their mind. Okay? It's, it's mental. It's mental. It's what I've learned, it's what I've read, it's what I recite. It's 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 just. You know it's out of out of their mind but it doesn't have to be can I have an amen it doesn't have to be consciously consciously and I teach myself consciously just just you may have just start out precious Holy Spirit uh, lead me just lead me just help me and uh, in my prayer time today uh, give me the the thoughts give me your words give me your direction Uh, help me to know what to say what not to say give me subjects to pray you know what I'm saying? You you consciously begin to do this and you you just you you teach yourself. After a while you don't have to say that every time you go to prayer because you, you just flow into it. You just, you know, you go to the place of prayer and you just begin to you begin to flow into it, you know. Hallelujah. And then what happens? As you do that, sometimes then the Holy Spirit will maybe he'll he'll bring up a subject or he'll bring up a scripture and, and you begin to expound you pray on that Let him help you pray on that and, uh, maybe he he get, brings up a person who praise God a person or maybe maybe there's a, a you know a, a thought or an issue or maybe there's just a word sometimes I'll be praying and I just get a word I just get a word you know um and my goodness, as you begin to pray over it, it just expands and you begin to see the mind of God and what he wants, what he's, what he's trying to lead you into. Praise the Lord. You know, we're talking about praying in the spirit. Praise the Lord. And many times it's just like then, then just praying in an unknown tongue. Praying in tongues, praying in a language that you, you didn't acquire it. You didn't learn it. You don't even know what you're saying. But you, you're now you're just praying in tongues. But The Holy Spirit has led, has led you into that. And prayer just begins to flow out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, it comes from the Holy Spirit through your spirit. Many times through your mind, out your mouth. Hallelujah. Thank God for being able to pray in the Spirit. Can I have an amen? Which brings, me, which brings me to my last point, which is going to be long, so just don't get too excited about he said the last point, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, this, is, this may be controversial with some uh, charismatics or with full gospel. It may be controversial, but I'm, I believe it's scriptural. I, I believe all my heart. I believe this with every single believer can pray powerful prayers in the Spirit. Every believer can pray powerful prayers in the Spirit. Why? Because when we come to Jesus and we submit our lives to Him, something happens. The Holy Spirit causes us to be born again. We are born of the Spirit. The Spirit comes upon us. And then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, He takes up residence inside us. Why? To help us... To be able to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. He's there. He helps us. He, and he'll, he'll, he'll guide you. He'll speak to you, you know, and, and so forth. And so I, I believe with, with, with all my heart. And that is a wonderful thing that he comes. And it's, it's a, that work of the Spirit is just so beautiful. Praise the Lord. But... That's just because you got one work of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you have all of the works of the Holy Spirit. There are many, many, many works of the Holy Spirit, things that He wants to do in our lives. Can I have an amen? Amen. He's not just one dimensional. He's so dimensional you don't even, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't figure it out. There is, there is another dimension of praying in the Spirit that Jesus made possible for all believers and the scriptures call that or talk about that as praying in tongues praying in an unknown tongue praying in the spirit or praying you know in other tongues other tongues it's referred to sometimes and this is an ability that comes into our lives and into our hearts when we are baptized we are filled with the Holy Spirit amen anybody know what I'm talking about some of you do some of you don't if you don't just listen because it's good for you this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now let me take you to two scriptures, just walk you through this. Grab these scriptures quickly. In Luke chapter 24 and also in Acts chapter 1, both of these scriptures deal with the point of time when Jesus is about to descend, ascend into heaven and he's got his disciples there and he's talking to them. He's giving them last instructions. Okay? How many of you know that ought to be, pre- that ought to be important? That's important. So he's giving them the last instructions. In Luke 24, 49, he says, now give me your full attention. Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. Remember that phrase. I send the promise of my Father unto you. Then he says, you go tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. There's a connection the promise of the Father is coming to you, and you wait. When he comes, there's going to be an endowment of power. It's a very powerful word that's used there, endued with power. It's like if you put on clothes, but the clothes just didn't say, in, you know, on the outside of you. But the clothes just kind of they went all inside you. So the clothes were in you and out you, and you were just saturated. You were just endued. You were, you know... So he said when the Holy Spirit comes, or when he says when the promise of the Father comes to you, there's going to be this power, didn't just come on you. And, it's, not, it's all through you. are saturated in this power, in this power. Now, go to me or look at Acts chapter 1, and was the same writer, that was Luke saying, and Acts, and the, the book of Acts was written by Luke also. I guess you knew that. So anyway, he says, and being assembled together, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. There's that same phrase again, which he said, you've heard of me. He said, I've talked to you about this before. I've explained it to you. So Jesus had already, he he talked to his disciples about it, the promise of the Father, what it was. And then he says, now for, he, he, and he, he defines it for us. He says, John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days hence. So the, he, he told him, Luke, you go and you, you know, you tarry because the promise of the Father's coming and you go and get some power. Power's going to happen. And then he goes over here and in Acts, and he says, he says, uh, you wait for the promise of the Father, amen, and he explains what it is, you're going to be baptized, immersed, saturated, filled, overflowing, all through, everything about you is immersed in the Holy Spirit, not many days hence. Hallelujah. Now go down to, we're still in Acts 1, look down in verse 8. He says more about it. He says, you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the world. You're going to receive power. The second time he's told them there's going to be something happens when the Holy Ghost comes on you, the Holy Spirit, or you're baptized in, this holy, in the Holy Spirit. And the power there is the word uh, dunamai, which is, is it's a powerful word in the scriptures. It means explosive power, miracle working power. It's, it's, it's mighty Mighty power, divine, divine, miraculous, abundant ability, strength, just on and on and on. And he says, look, you're going to receive that after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what happens then? They did what Jesus said. They went to Jerusalem. They all gathered in a room. It's 120 of them, the Bible says. And they, and they prayed and they waited 10 days, 10 days. And then after 10 days, something happened. We see it in Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. Here's what happened. When the day of Pentecost was come, they, who is that? This 120 people, they were all, What were they? They were all together in this place and and, uh, King James talks about they were in one accord. They were all in harmony here. They weren't fussing and fighting and trying to kill each other. They were, you know, it was all going good. Praise the Lord. When suddenly, verse 2, a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Something amazing happened. A sound. It didn't say it was a wind. It just says sound. It's sound, you know. They tell me that a tornado sounds like a train coming or something, you know, that you can hear the sound before long before uh, it ever gets there, the tornado. I don't know, but this sound, I can just imagine of this, of this violent wind. It came from heaven, and it filled the place. And here's what happened. They saw what seemed to be, to them, this is what it looked like, tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. Have you ever watched a fire in the fireplace? I get a fireplace going, and I can just stare at it like, you know. I don't know. I think it's mesmerizing, you know, and it just kind of shoots up you know, streaks, the, it's not like, mm, you know. No, it's just. And this is kind of what they saw. They saw it looked like fire. It looked like this, you know. F- they described it as as tongues, uh, of, of, of fire. And it came and it rested on, and then they and these tongues, just kind of. And this is what they were. So what they were perceiving and rested upon each one of them. And watch what happened. And they were filled. Pew, boom. I mean, top to bottom. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That word other, it means uh, strange tongues. Different. different, to, di- Strange to what? Because they didn't know what they were saying. They didn't know the language. They didn't understand it. Strange Strange, and then it says tongues. Tongues, what was it? Tongues has to do with language, but it, it says if you, if you study your word out, it's very specific, it has to do with languages that are not naturally acquired. In other words, they didn't learn them. They didn't know them. They, but These languages begin to come out. Oh, oh there's a sound. And, 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 and they were filled with this, and these languages begin to come out of their mouth. Quiet Why? The scripture said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, let's read on. Let's read on. This is, I'm getting excited. I don't know about you. You may be thinking about your roast, but I'm, I'm, I'm up in this thing, man. I'm like there in the upper room right now. Praise God. And Okay, let's go on. Verse 5. I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. It says, there were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then. They were devout pilgrims from all over the world. And when they heard the sound, they heard that wind. They came on a run. And when, and when they heard, then when they heard, one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't, for the life of them, figure out what was going on. And they kept saying, aren't these Galileans? Aren't these just Galileans? Now, that's important. What do you mean by aren't they? The Galileans were considered, you know, they were unlearned. They, they were untraveled. They were unsophisticated. They weren't educated. They weren't considered to be educated people. They hadn't been all over the world. They didn't know these languages. They were not multicultural or multilingual. They didn't know any of this stuff. And they kept saying, look, look, what does this mean? These guys, these, 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 these Galileans, you know, they'd be like, these guys from West Texas or these rednecks from Alabama, they don't know nothing. How they they speaking all these languages? Hello? What's going on? Now, okay, let's go ahead and read it. Now it says uh, how, how we hear them in our in our mother tongues. There were Parthians there, Medes, the, the Elamites, the visitors from Mesopotamia, there were people from Judea and uh, Cappadocia, uh, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia. They were Oh my Lord! Egypt and Libya. There were Jews and proselytes, and, and there were Cretans, and there were Arabs, and they were all speaking. They were all speaking in these languages. And watch what it says. And they were describing the mighty works of God. Here are these guys. They're filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in these other tongues. Tongues they didn't know, they didn't understand. But what were they speaking? It wasn't gibberish. They were speaking in all these languages. Other people understood it, but what were they doing? They were speaking things like praising, praising God, praising and describing God's mighty works. Hallelujah. It says in verse 12, their heads were spinning. Now that's all these congregation. And they couldn't make heads or tails of any of it. They talked back and forth confused and said, what is going on, going on here? So let's let's make our points first Jesus tells them he he says don't go out and try to live your life and I'm gone and and the ministry until you've been you receive the promise of the Father which we saw was the baptism with the Holy Spirit secondly they obeyed and they waited thirdly in Acts 2 this Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit came and he fills them with himself fourthly one of the most startling evidences of what has happened to them is they begin to speak praises to God in unknown tongues or unknown language. Languages they did not acquire. Amen. Mark this, and I don't have time to go to all these scriptures. But in in Acts 2, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues. In Acts chapter 10, when Peter... A, uh, was spoke to by the Lord and he went to Cornelius's house and he preached Jesus to them. It says that they received the Lord and, and they began, and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in tongues. You know, Acts 2 wasn't just a one-time thing. And then, and then in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul, he's traveling and he comes to Ephesus and here's a group of people he finds and they, and they have heard about some about the Lord, but they didn't know much. And they'd just been baptized into John's baptism and he said, well, you know, how were you baptized? Well, into John. He says, well, what about the Holy Spirit? They say, we didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Nobody ever taught us about the Holy Spirit. And so he taught them about God and Jesus, and, and they received Jesus, and then he laid his hands on them, and the Bible says they received the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. It's not just a one-time affair that happened here. In Acts chapter 6, when the, the, uh, the, the apostles were looking for people, who could take on the ministry, the ministry of helps of, of working with the widows? You know, what are they? Do? One of the main qualifications. Let's find some men who are full of the Holy Ghost. They've been filled with the with the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter nine, you remember that's the a story when Saul, who was the terrorist to the Christians, who later became Paul, had his encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus, and. Uh, the Lord appeared to him and sent him down to a place and then he came to an Ananias and told Ananias, I want you to go down to this place, to this to Street called Strait, and I want you to minister to this man called Saul and I want you to show him the way, teach him what to do, teach him about Jesus and I want him to be filled with the Spirit and Ananias did and Paul received the Lord as Savior and, and the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it does not say he spoke in tongues there. But if we go over to 1 Corinthians 14, <laughs> he says, look, I speak in tongues more than you all. So we know that he, that he had that experience. Are you still with me or have I bored you to death? Listen, so, so what, what, does this, you know, what does this have to do, this being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what does this have to do with our study of prayer and praying in the Spirit? If you'll bear with me, I have one other point to go to. And I'm going to, I'm going to tie these two together here. So go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's, let's see this. Praying in the Spirit. This praying in an unknown tongue, it begins, we begin to learn from Scripture that it is, it is one of the parts. It's an important part of us praying in the Spirit. It's not the only thing. Praying in the Spirit doesn't just mean praying in tongues, but it is a part of us learning how to pray in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So here we go, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 and 2. Paul tells them, he says, You follow after love and desire spiritual. Uh, the gifts is a word that's italicized. It's, it's, it's been added just to, to give meaning. But it's spiritual things, things of the Spirit. You desire them. He says, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, for he that talks speaks in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto God, I'm sorry, speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Powerful verse of scripture. If I'm speaking you say, well, it didn't say pray. Well, if I'm speaking to God, same thing as praying in. I mean, if I talk to God, it's prayer. If I'm speaking in my unknown tongue, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm not talking to men. I'm talking to God. Isn't that what be? It's a way to talk to God. So it's praying in tongues. I talk to God. And what am I doing? I, I don't understand it all, but in the spirit, I'm praying or speaking mysteries, secret the secret things of God things that 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 is they're not known they've not been revealed but the Lord wants them prayed over God wants them prayed for so so he he enables us and empowers us just to speak now let's go down to verse 4 he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself he's building up himself but if you prophesy you're edifying the church so so here we are I'm preaching I'm praying in tongues or speaking in tongues I'm building up myself I'm building up myself jude says i've built up myself on my most holy faith praying in the holy ghost go down to verse 14 if i pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prays my spirit prays wow you mean to tell me all this time i've been praying and i, I haven't i've been praying in the spirit but my spirit has not been has not been praying well when I'm praying in tongues, all I know is that when I'm praying in tongues, I know my, my spirit is praying. That's what's happening. My spirit, man, my spirit is praying. And my understanding is not, uh, not fruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying, but my spirit is just connecting to God and he's praying with God. So verse 15, it says, so what, what am I to do? What am I to do? What is it then? He says, I'll pray with the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. I'll pray in, I, you know, I'm English. I don't, I don't speak other languages, only little parts and pieces. So I'll, I'll pray in my natural, I'll pray, and I'll pray in tongues. I'll pray in the spirit. I'll sing in the natural, and I'll sing in the spirit. Praise the Lord. So this is the answer. What do I do? I don't just go around talking in tongues all the time. Nobody would have any idea what I'm saying, and I wouldn't. There's, plus, you know, it's not spirit-led. It's not, No. There's a a time I pray in my English, I pray in my my native tongue, and I pray in tongues. That's where prayer is coming into, into being. And I just think, really, you know, I think it's one of the saddest things that people who love the Lord, there are people who, I mean, they are sold out Christians and believers. They love Jesus with all their heart. But because of maybe they never heard about it, or maybe they heard it's bad, or they heard don't do that, or they heard that's of the devil, or whatever reason. But oh, they, they go through life, they live and die, and never allow their spirit to pray. Isn't that sad? When it doesn't have to be that way. Well, Pastor, what's going to happen? What What is the benefit? What when I when I allow myself? to pray in tongues as I'm praying in the spirit. Well, we just read it a while ago. First of all, our spirit is expressing, expressing conversation with the Lord. Our spirit, spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. God's a spirit. Our spirit to spirit. Secondly, we saw where we're praying. We're praying mysteries. We're praying out secrets, things that haven't yet been revealed amen and uh, so we're doing that in Acts chapter 2 uh, and Acts chapter 10 they were praying in tongues and they were praising God they were so I can worship the Lord I can praise God uh, in, in other tongues in first Corinthians 14 4 and in Jude 20 I build up myself I, I, I you know I edify myself myself my own my own life uh, I'm, as I'm praying as I'm praying in tongues praise the name of the Lord that's powerful and we didn't have time to get over into, into Romans chapter 8 verse 26 where it talks about you don't know how to pray there are many things you don't know what to pray for you don't even know how to pray you, you have no idea but the Holy Spirit himself hallelujah prays uh, for us and intercedes for us and with these groanings these utterances you know well, I believe it's, it's referring to tongues. Amen. He prays and he intercedes and we pray. Sometimes the will of God, the perfect will of God is we're praying. We're praying in unknown tongues. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Now, praying in the spirit, which includes praying in tongues, we're enabled to pray. Perfect will of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So what are we talking about? We're praying in the spirit, praying powerful prayers. Amen. Now, let me close this. And, you know, what does it do? This thing of prayer, so powerful. It opens up to us the blessings of the Lord. But I think even more meaningful, praying in the spirit. It is the key to building a relationship knowing a deepening of knowledge of relationship with the lord amen and um you know perhaps you were like i was when i started and i still am i'm pursuing uh you know to try to grow deeper with the lord but you're trying to grow in your prayer life amen maybe you're already uh, you know grown but maybe you haven't experienced you haven't experienced being able to pray in the tongues. You haven't experienced being able to pray in the Spirit. But you want to. You want to grow in your prayer life. Don't you want all the works of the Holy Spirit, everything he has? I want everything he's got for me. For if there's something I don't know about yet, I want to know about it. I want anything he's got for me. Then perhaps that's something that you you will seek. And you just say, pray. You can just pray, Lord Jesus, I just ask you, fill me with the Holy Spirit. You know, we thankfully, we don't have to go wait in Jerusalem anymore. Hallelujah, He's already come. Hallelujah, and He's promised to you, in Jesus' name. And so, you know, today, um, I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come, and I thank you for being, uh, being attentive. I know I preached a good while today, but I had a lot to say. But I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come, and perhaps you, uh, perhaps you, you want to grow in prayer. And, and you just want somebody to pray with you and agree with you. But perhaps you would like to look into this. What is this? Baptism with the Holy Spirit. You want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so that so that you will have that that ability, the Holy Spirit inside you, to begin to pray in a new dimension, a new dimension of power and praying in tongues. Would you bow your heads and let me just pray over you. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. and. Uh, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit to make our, uh, the, the word real and lasting, seed, good seed sown in good soil. And I just thank you, Lord, as I pray over every person. May we grow in this pursuit of prayer, the praying church. Hallelujah. It's the key to, it's the key to revival, oh God. It's the key to changing our community, the praying church. And Lord Jesus, help us to grow in prayer and grow in our relationship with you. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we said together, amen. Praise the Lord. And this is my, that's my message for you today. Praise God. Amen. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord. If you need prayer, come and let these people minister to you. We'll pray with you. Maybe you just need healing. You need something that I haven't even mentioned today, but God's a good God and he'll answer your prayers. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed.